Want to wake up and see the clock? Tired of contacts or glasses? LASIK Laser Eye Surgery with Wolf Eye Clinic may be the life change you have been looking for. The first to perform LASIK in Iowa. More Iowans trust Wolf Eye Clinic specialists with their eyes. Call 833-532-8809 to schedule a free LASIK consultation with a Wolf Eye Clinic surgeon today. Hello, fanatics. It's Chris Williams. I want to tell you today about the forever true for Iowa State campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation to raise donations that will help benefit every aspect of the university. Cyclones everywhere are helping reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. Yes, the cyclone spirit is a force to be reckoned with. More than 81,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 27,000 first-time donors. So far, these donors have gifted more than $1.2 billion. The Cyclone Energy is truly unstoppable. The campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size. The impact is seen all across campus too, from the South End Zone Club to the North End Zone Construction to the thousands of students who receive scholarship support. You can learn more at forevertrueisu.com. Dot com because the world needs more Cyclone Spirit. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Title IX Podcast and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley here with my friend, the beautiful and talented Elisa Wood. Oh, thank you for saying I'm beautiful for yes. a second time tonight. Absolutely. Jared messed this up the first time, so it's the second time that Elisa heard she's beautiful and talented. Uh, yes, still, still, still beautiful me. and talented. Yes. After one hell of a weekend, Elisa mm. still has heartburn. I still have bags yeah. under my eyes, but we're here. We are upright and we're ready for episode three. It was wild. It was wild. And at this point, I feel like Tums should sponsor us. I agree with that. I mean, the smoothie kind, the extra strength and the chewables. I am fully for this. Woof. Yeah, it was woof indeed. <laughs> I think, well, we'll talk about this more in depth in just a minute. We're going to talk about our experiences on Saturday and of course the game. But I think it's fair to say that Saturday was an unforgettable day for Cyclone fans. Yes. Which is why we thought tonight would be a fun opportunity to compare Saturday against some other unforgettable Cyclone moments, both good and bad. So Lisa and I put together a list of our Cyclone highlights and heartbreaks, and we're going to see how Saturday stacks up. Mm-hmm. It's near near the top-ish, top-ish. for me. Yeah, it's weird because it had elements of both. Yes. So do you want to just talk, dive in and talk yes. about Saturday? Should Let we, me. Can I, make, can I make a suggestion? Yes. Can we talk about the bad parts first and get yes. them out and just flush them and never talk about them again? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here, here's what happened. <laughs> Tell me. What ha- happened was... <laughs> Um, I spent the night at my parents' house on Friday, so I didn't have to wake up at 3.45 in the morning to get into the grass lots. So it was genius. Yeah, it was genius. Turns out my daughter doesn't sleep at her grandparents' house. So I really didn't get that much more sleep than everybody else. Right. But that's a whole nother story. So my husband got up super early. Everybody met at around 3.45 at our house on the east side of Des Moines drove to Ames, got in a line that they were directed to get into, um, the whole way being directed by ISUPD, stay in this line, stay in this line, you got to turn right, you know? All of a sudden, hey, get in this other line, you got to turn left to get into this lot. What are you doing? That's you have a to pivot turn left. right yep, there. Yep, you have to turn left, you have to turn left. Okay, so then they turn around, get into another line, 
ready to turn left. Then this cop runs up to them, shining flashlight in their face, saying, you gotta move, you gotta move. Why? You just do. Turns out, yes, well, what we heard was ESPN was running late and their truck, some sort of truck or car was coming down the road and they just had to move. So they lost their spot in line. That's a bummer. Again. So they ended up on Duff. They had to go all the way around, end up on Duff and kind of stalled, stalled out like South 16th Duff-ish area for a long time till maybe seven o'clock. So they're sitting there for hours and um, somebody comes by with a sign that says all the lots are closed. Yeah, <sighs> they close pretty Like they're early. all full. All the lots are full. And um, ISUPD had tweeted out, you know, G9 is closed. We're not opening it. All the other ones are full, basically. So, all right. So my husband and a couple of his friends pull off and there was like a business park. So they pull off and they start unloading. They pay $20 to park in that area. They start unloading and they get a call from one of the other people who are with us. And they said, hey, we're in lot G9. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Which is exactly what you want to hear after being in line for several hours and hearing something different on Twitter. Yeah. So, and I, for me... The person who decided to open lot G9 should have also been in the conversation with the person walking down the street with a sign that said all the lots were closed. I'm with you. Like that's just a little bit weird to me. So they said, all right, we'll pack everything up. I don't know if they had to pay again. I didn't ask because I didn't want to hear the answer. So they ended up getting in G9. We were all in G9. We had like five tents set up and it was really cool. And we had, you know, a great time until it was time to pee. There were no porta potties in G9 because I guess they weren't planning on opening an entire lot for the biggest game (laughs) in years. The porta porta potty problem is something we can talk about in a minute. It was not great anywhere around the stadium. And I just held it to be honest. And so, I mean, there were like maybe four or five porta potties in the lot next to us that was supposed to be for two different right. lots. And there were 40 people in line at any given time. Toilet paper ran out before nine o'clock, which is when I got there. Absolutely no soap. I mean, it was interesting. I, I, I get that it was short notice and they kind of had to scramble and I appreciate that, but it did seem, especially right out of the gates to be a little bit unorganized. And especially when you say to people, we're going to open the lots at 5am, right? C- try to be prepared as best you can. Right. But in it, it's, it was short notice that we were going to have game day, but it was not short notice that we were going to play Iowa in the most anticipated That's a solid Iowa, point. Iowa state game in years. Right. You, That's a fair you point. You probably had a year to prepare for that, to be honest. Yeah, and you're not you're not wrong about that. No. That was bizarre. Yep. And it just had to me it had this like get off my lawn attitude. Right. Like that was the attitude that I don't know if it was ISUPD's choice, if it was the university's choice to have that attitude, but that's what it was. It was like you're not welcome here. Get off my lawn. You're a nuisance more than anything right, else. Right. Right. And it's like is it just because we're only paying 20 bucks and we're not the ones, you know, forking over the big bucks to be on the cement over there like what is that reasoning you know that you're not going to welcome us into these lots to tailgate Uh, trust me i donated some money during my uh tenure at iowa state that's too bad that that bums me out that that was your experience yeah yeah and i mean we had a good time still we enjoyed ourselves um 
quite a bit and and you know it started to rain a little bit and we had plenty of tents set up and we were good um and then I heard I saw actually Chris Williams tweet that there was going to be hail and I said oh hail no oh hail no and actually this is my number one uh negative about Saturday was the damn forecast listen I know I'm going to sound like I'm 80 years old complaining about the forecast but if every news station in the metro area says it's going to be 81 and sunny right people are going to revolt when it starts raining right it was just such a bummer I felt like it put a little bit of a damper on the atmosphere it definitely definitely did it definitely did and just like we've we usually have great experiences we kind of had the same experience last year with parking where we were told you know you have to turn left to get into this lot everyone's standing in this line lots opening at seven seven comes seven fifteen comes seven thirty seven forty five why are people not going into this lot you know the, the isupd person standing right in front of us said just wait here till the lot opens Turns out they were never planning on opening that lot. Yeah, that's too bad. So, so lack of communication yeah, somewhere. Yeah, did he at some point find out that they were not going to do that and just decided not to tell us? Did he just never find out? That was really strange. So can I ask the million dollar question? Yes. Did you have pudding shots? Yes. Good for you. I'm glad to hear it. Yes. Someone else brought the pudding shots. Well, good for that person. Um, Yes. And I will say that, so three years ago was probably like my best experience tailgating. And the, like the last three years we've all, we've been in different lots, but we were in the lot across from G9 three years ago. And that was my like the best experience that we had had. However, I can tell you from experience being pregnant that year was not enjoyable. And I can tell you from experience this last Saturday, being pregnant with our second. (gasps) Alisa! Are you kidding me? I have been waiting for four weeks to tell you this. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. I told my husband I was hoping not to sweat this episode and now I'm sweating. So yes, there were pudding shots, but mama did not participate. Congratulations. Thank you. This is awesome. Well, you heard it here first, everybody. Definitely you heard it here first. Well, I'm sad that you didn't get to partake in the uh, the actual pudding shots, but I think this serves as a much better reason not to, so that's great. And now you understand why the peeing problem. Yes, that becomes a whole different thing. Jared, I'm sure you understand. (laughs) Jared is in shock right now. Well, that is awesome. Yes. Well, that trumps anything else we're going to say, so I guess we'll just sign off. (laughs) Well, that's great. Thank you. I can can tell you that I'm not pregnant, and in fact, I survived (laughs) on Saturday on Trulies, a hamburger, one pork sandwich, and nachos. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so the Tums. Nachos. Yeah, the Tums were necessary for me, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just a bizarre day. I think um, I think the rain had a huge effect on it. But generally speaking, which we'll talk about when we transition to the goods, I thought the, the fan base was awesome. And yeah. I hope that you guys had fun out there, even though you feel like you were way the hell out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And honestly, like, you kind of get a little bit like, oh, gosh, there's Hawkeyes in our group. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, one of my husband's friend's friends came, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, Steven's a Hawkeye fan. They'll be there. And I was kind of like, oh. 
but we got there and honestly he was so nice yeah. and they were so friendly and we didn't really have a great setup to watch the game and stuff so there wasn't a lot of like animosity yeah or, yeah. yeah did it you was, break it to your tailgate that you were pregnant yes oh that's awesome there were many many people trying to pour fireball down I my believe throat that. yeah that's a tough <laughs> time to, to be at the yeah. very early stages yeah. of pregnancy and playing flip cup with water is just a totally yeah. different right different beast well that's awesome that's really great <laughs> Well, I think, um, I think that pretty much trumps everything, like I said, but <laughs> now that we have that perspective of what's really important about Saturday, I guess the bads aren't going to be as bad when no. we get into the game. But I want to hear about your experience besides all the food. It was good. I mean, we, um, I guess this is more of the good than the bad, but we went over to game day. We got into Ames around seven to 15 and walked straight over to game day no way. and it was so cool. <sighs> and you know, it looks cool in person. But I think the shots I saw on TV after the fact were so much cooler. It yeah. was a sea of red. And the entire time you have Jack Trice in the background and it says, uh, you know, the big Iowa State University letters. It was just really special. And I'm really happy for everybody involved that we finally got this recognition. It was really neat. So that part of it was the best part of the day yeah. by far. Um, we stayed in the game through both over uh, both rain delays. Through them? Yeah. We Holy stayed till cow. the bitter end, baby. No. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, why don't we talk about the game uh, and then we can, <laughs> that's a fair point. Oof. And then maybe we can talk about how uh, the fans progress throughout the game. Cause it was pretty, okay. it was something to okay. watch. Okay. No, I, yeah. I want to hear about this. Okay. Well, I think the frustrating part for the fan base, um, just sitting there amongst them was it was the same story we hear in the Seahawk game year after year, Iowa doesn't make the mistakes and we shoot ourselves in the yeah. foot. And that came through Saturday as well. I felt like we had mistakes on both sides of the ball. I felt like offensively we showed signs of life, which we can talk about more in a second, but that pretty fumble yeah. at, the, the, at the, just before <sighs> half, it just felt like a real uh, momentum sucker, especially because it was completely unforced. Yes. I had some questions and I can tell you the people around me had questions too with some of our play calls. And yeah especially in the third and fourth quarter. I feel like we marched down the field with 10 to 15 yard passes. And then suddenly we try to run a cute purdy option. He falls flat on his face. Yeah. And, and he was, he really, he was going for extra yardage, which we, if he gets that extra yardage, we praise him. Yeah. You know, it's a lose, it lose for un, him. It was unnecessary. I just thought it was a bizarre call at the moment. Yeah. And then, um, he sailed a couple of passes and there was one to try Kohler in the end zone that he just overthrew him a little bit. But generally yeah. speaking, I thought Purdy played a great game. Yeah. Um, much better than you and I. Yes. Different, totally different quarterback. Game, and totally different game plan, yes. honestly. Yeah. Defensively, that third and 22 that we gave up, that was another momentum oh, sucker. And those dropped interceptions, man, that was just the heartbreak of it. Because yeah. I think especially on that third down, um, the interception that we would have had in the Iowa end zone, I think that's, I think that's the end of the game. Yeah. I think it's done. But... <laughs> those rain delays were bizarre. And um, I... I, first, I was concerned that it was going to take the crowd out of it. I yeah. was concerned that people were going to leave and not come back, whether it's students or everybody else. In years past, that probably would have happened, and I wouldn't have blamed everybody. Yeah. But everybody came back, and that second half was just wild. That's sweet. Yeah, it was insane. And I really praised the student section, except for the slip and sliding. Oh, yeah. Don't do that, kids. That was silly. But besides that, the student section was great. Um, during the second rain delay, there was a double rainbow that came out oh, on the east no. side of the stadium. Student it. section went wild. So just little things like <laughs> what that. What does it mean? I, exactly. It was hilarious. And, you know, I just, I felt like going into the second half, I had a good feeling that this crowd is wild. Everybody's amped and we're going to, we're going to take the sucker home. And then 
the end of the game, man, that punt return that was really an Iowa State tackling an Iowa State player, I just don't understand what the hell happened. And my frustration was it's an Iowa State way to end a game. Yes. And I'm sick of losing games in Iowa State ways. Yes. We talked about this earlier. We're just sick of the kick in the ovaries. Yes, the kick in the ovaries. That's exactly right. We're, that's the phrase we're going to use from yes. now on. Yes. So special teams was bizarre. Obviously, that play was the one that stood out. And I also don't under, understand some of our uh, strategies when it comes to punt and uh, punt returning. I don't know what we are doing. Yeah. But I overall, generally speaking, I thought it was a giant step forward from the UNI game. I feel like our offensive, our offense showed signs of life. Like I said, our defense was pretty steady, just like the UNI game. Eisworth was a beast. I think he had 15 tackles. He was just destroying people. And I think the good news is we're taking the step forward that we need to take. The bad news is that we lost Iowa yeah. in the Iowa State fashion. Mm-hmm, yeah. I don't know if you saw uh, Brent Bloom's tweet, but he said in the last 10 years of college football, teams with um, 7.7 yards of play or more have been 498 and two, and we were one of those two. Oh. Yeah, so that just, and again, another kick in the ovaries. Yeah. But all in all, I'd have to say Saturday was a really special day for me just to, from the game day experience. I just hate that it ended in such a sour note. Yeah. Do you want to compare it to other memories? I do. Okay, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? I can start. Okay, you start. Let's start with favorites. I feel like we, we may have the same favorite okay. because it's just like it's the... You know, it's the Wingstock play of the game. Let's hear it. Seneca Wallace. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but I had a feeling it was yeah. going to be on there it, for it, you. Seneca's, he's one of my favorite ISU players. And I think that that's just because he was playing when I was in high school. Right. Your you impressionable know. years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I just like, I remember his name. I remember his face. I remember right. watching him you know, when I started to really care about ISU football and just that run in 2002. Um, did you see him on game day, by the way? I don't know if you guys had access to it. You should watch it. He was okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll watch it. I always listen to him on the radio in the morning when he's on and he's just like so charismatic and fun. He was charismatic and fun on game day. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. So he ran the run. The run. It was a 12-yard <laughs> touchdown, so they were on the 12, but he ran back to the 32-yard line. I read somewhere that he covered 60 yards in that run. For a 12-yard touchdown. Yeah. Yep. And I watched it again a couple times. I mean, I had to watch it again a couple times. And it's just like, how did he do that? It's and magic. I mean, the blocking is incredible. Like, yeah, Seneca Wallace w- was running, but, you know, the blocking was incredible. And, and everybody else on the field was really out there you know clearing the way for him and cyclones beat texas tech 31 17 it was awesome honestly like i remember watching it but when i was watching it again i was like (laughs) you're right back into it yeah i was like dodge him throw it fake left go right you know i was just like all the things and yeah of course he's gonna make it but you're just like yeah you get sucked right back in i think that's why it's one of your favorites is because it can do that for you yeah my well okay first I need to be totally honest about something uh full disclosure to you and our listeners I grew up a Hawk fan yeah yeah wow yeah I know in fact one of my close friends it down I know (laughs) I know after your announcement and my announcement no one's gonna listen anymore but my one of my close friends growing up likes to remind me of the fact that I said I'd never be caught dead at Iowa State University oh yeah and here I am a proud graduate doing a Cyclone Fanatic podcast so how times have changed 
that's right. I did. And I say this just because my bank of cyclone memories is going to be different than someone who's a lifelong fan. So don't at me as the kids say these days, (laughs) if if my memories are more recent in nature than maybe what they would be if they're like you and a a lifelong fan. But I think my favorite is the 2011 win, the triple overtime win against Oklahoma state. Yeah. It's a Friday night game in November. It's chilly. ESPN's there. Sam uh, Ponder's there before she's Sam Ponder. Yeah. Old Sam Steele. Oh, my gosh. Oklahoma State, number two in the nation. The only other undefeated team other than Oklahoma State is LSU. They're led by future first-round draft pick Brandon Whedon, who I affectionately refer to as Old Man Whedon because <laughs> he was so old when he's playing college football. I love it. Iowa State was unranked. We were five and four, so we had bowl game implications. But yeah. it's not the same as you know Oklahoma State's BCS national championship implications. Right. We were led by quarterback Jared Barnett. So if the name recognition alone <laughs> tells you anything, we had no business winning that game. I ran into him at a wedding. I'm not kidding you. Like a year or two ago. And it's all my husband wanted to talk about. I'm sure it is. He didn't. I. He may have mentioned something to him, but I could just see it was itching. Yeah. Yeah. That he was just like I have to. Right. I do. I do think you have to. You know. It's just one of those crazy moments. Yeah. But we. Obviously, we won that game in triple overtime with the Jeff Woody three-play drive with, that led to one of the most favorite, my most favorite J-Wall uh, football calls of all time, the Jeff Woody took it in. Yeah. And I think that game was so special for a couple of reasons. Obviously, we had no business winning the game. But um, other than that, Jack Trice that night was electric. It was literally buzzing. We were in the bleachers. They still had bleachers in the end zone at the time, and they were shaking. Oh I mean, gosh. just through the entirety of the game. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it was my psyche. I just went into that game and had this gut feeling and a lot of weird things had to happen for us to be in that game I think we were down like 27 or 24 to 7 going into the second half um they missed a field goal I think the go-ahead field goal with just a couple of minutes left in the game old man Wien threw a pick (laughs) in the second overtime just a lot of bizarre things but I never lost hope which is strange for an Iowa State game especially (laughs) in that era of football my husband disputes this memory he says it shouldn't be one of my favorite memories (laughs) because that season kind of ended in a dud three straight losses a loss in the pinstripe bowl and then coach Rhodes kind of you know fizzles out at the end of his career but I don't think we have coach Campbell without nights like that night we broke the BCS that night we were on a national stage that night, and it led to all those roadisms, you know, the I'm so proud to be oh, your yeah. coach type moments. And I just don't think we're here without nights like that. So yeah. that one's going to be tough for me to, to ever get beaten. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me to separate. Obviously, I know we're in a much better position now as far as game day coming to town. And I get that that's really special, and it has uh, enormous exposure for the university. But it's always going to be hard for me to separate the loss from Saturday. And for that reason, I think the triple overtime win on kind of comes out on top. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, th- I think I, I said it comes out on top, but I know, I'm, I'm not sure whether it comes on top of the good or the bad. Oh, that's fair. No. Yeah. Because like I said, it has it had parts of both in it. Yeah. 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 My other favorite memory is a women's basketball memory. It was oh. 2009, the Sweet 16 game against Michigan State. I don't know if you remember that. Don't. Okay. We had five seniors on this team. And it was big names. Weeben, Izell, Nislet, uh, Takara Ross, Jocelyn Anderson. I played against Nikki Weeben. Yes. Yep, I and played against yes, her. Abs- you know her. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 21 at home that year. I think there were like 29 and 8 on the season going into that game. So a solid team. But they were down 7 with a minute, a little over a minute to go. 
Uh, Nikki Weaven hadn't scored all game. She got her first points with a putback layup uh, to put us within five. Heather Rizel launches a three-pointer um, that she had no business shooting. She was essentially falling down as she shoots it. We go within, let's see what that makes it to. We press, which we'd never do, force a turnover. Um, let's see. I can't even remember who shot the last. Allison Lacey shot the last shot at the top of the key to put us ahead. And Michigan State had a final second shot, didn't go in. So we scored seven points in 45 seconds to lead us to an Elite Eight game. Oh, my god! I watched that game on my couch in my apartment in college by myself. I was like Tom Cruise on Oprah, like jumping <laughs> up and down on the couch. It was awesome. Oh, my god! It gosh. was so awesome. Obviously, Saturday had bigger um, implications in terms of exposure. You can't beat game day. Yeah. But that was just a really special moment for me as a female women's yeah. basketball fan. That was a that was a good one. That's a cool moment. Yeah. And my other moment actually came from when I was in college too, and it was when we played Iowa in 2005, and I was ranked fifth. I remember it was, I mean, 90 degrees at least. Yeah, I mean, like it's been the last couple of days. The just face like, melting heat. Yes, just hot and humid, and it was just one of those first games that I remember people saying that there was a record number of people right in the building. Right, and it was like it. It was just kind of the start of that feel that Iowa State was building on something, and it was like, okay, a record. This is a record. You know, maybe we'll break the record, and that it just felt like the trajectory was up at that point. Um, and the the Hawkeyes only scored one field goal the whole game. And their quarterback, Drew Tate, went down with, a, I think, a concussion in the second they quarter. I hate to see it. That, you do. <laughs> you and actually do. You really do. <laughs> yes. And it's tough because it's like you never want to see anybody get hurt. And, it, of course, it's like, oh, well, you know, the second string probably right, isn't going to excuse. Yeah, yeah, the second string isn't going to play as well, and they're just going to say that that's because, you know, oh, our, if our first string would have been in there, you know, we would have scored a bunch on you and everything like that. And then, of course, like, you never want to see a human get injured. That's right. But we watch football, and so many humans get injured. My dear love of my life drew Brees. yeah you want to talk about that nope, or okay nope. okay <laughs> so back to this game we're <laughs> just so there were tons of turnovers and i read somewhere that actually all of our points came because of turnovers as a direct result basically of turnovers and uh, I did read an ESPN article about the game to jog my memory, and I loved the part where it said that Brian Ferentz, the coach's son, snapped the ball over Tate's head in shotgun formation. Tate and Albert Young both hesitated as they closed in on the ball, as if thinking that the other would jump on it. Iowa State's Jason Berryman. Yeah, baby. Remember that name? Yeah, I do remember that name. Swooped in to recover it. Oh, but, and then like just some other names, like Brett Meyer hit Austin Flynn, another former quarterback for a touchdown. Like what's with us turning quarterbacks into other position players? players? Yeah. Hey, whatever. Crazy. We make it work. Crazy. Isn't it cool to go back and read stuff about these games yes. though? You've, yeah. Yeah. And you just read it and you remember Yeah, you, and you're like, you're oh, there. I remember That's that. Right. I remember being like, oh shit I thought that was a quarterback that's right you know and it was just cool and they stormed the fields you know I can't I can't remember if I uh, stormed the, uh, the field or not <laughs> for that damn one putting shots. I know I, I can't remember if I boosted somebody up onto the uprights or not I don't 
I think the statute of limitations is probably passed by now, so you're going to be fine. Listen, <laughs> cheerleader style boosted somebody up. Good the for up, you. Right? Um, and then I moved into the middle of the field because although my father told me those things aren't coming down, I had a feeling those things were coming down. So you were smart. I was smart. I don't, I honestly, I don't remember if they came down. I remember at one point seeing the uprights come down and but that, it's all a blur at right, this point right, right. yeah and I, I feel like it was probably that point in time but somebody you know who built uprights and puts them they in can, can at you probably <laughs> at me slide into my dms and tell me i'm pretty damn sure that 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 upright came down probably because of the boost you gave to somebody yeah. you were the straw that broke the upright <laughs> and i'm sure it was just a very thin like frail woman <laughs> yes, that exactly. boosted up there so it was just a feather in the wind up there but you know but, you said how these um reading the articles kind of puts you back there and I agree with that. And I was going through the articles about some of my heartbreaks and I just was like, why are we doing this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> are yours, are yours football related? Okay. I, j- I have to tell you one more. Oh, sorry. Happy one. I, yes. Yeah. Okay. I didn't mean to jump. No, that's fine. Time. And I, I almost forgot about it, but one more happy one. So in 2007, I was an intern at WHO TV and they, um, decided to do RV TV and they decided to just park the RV at Iowa state that year. And so I lived in Ames and it was awesome. I just came down to RV TV every night. And so, uh, there was actually like a portable hot tub. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. Set up and like dudes just kept Wasn't bringing... Jake Sullivan in there shooting baskets at one point or was that a different year? Possibly. Well, that was in 2007. That was before that. So they have, have they had multiple hot tub Maybe. RV TVs? Fun fact about, about Jake Sullivan. I love Jake <laughs> Sullivan. My favorite all time. Your face is turning red I right know. now. My high school senior basketball team gave me a framed picture of Jake Sullivan as my like gift at our post season. And I still have it. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to distract you with that heart. Blah, 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 blah. Um, one time I bagged his groceries at, <laughs> at IV. Um, I wish you guys could see how red she has turned right now. It's great. This is just the natural color of my face. Uh, I'm going to um, block my view of you. So, That's fine. I deserve it. But I mean, it was just like a really fun week. And I went over to size roost with the guys from WHO and it was just like, it was cool to kind of see and be seen with people like local celebrities kind of. And so that was really fun. And that was actually the game where Brett Colbert, Brett Colbertson, oh, the shaggy game. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he fit, he hit five field goals right. and won like, yeah, absolutely I, right. no touchdowns. Right. And I, actually after the game, we um, interviewed him and I got to ask a couple questions, which was kind of cool. And, um, I don't know. It was just cool to ask him like, you know, how did it feel? And they, to feel like you were in the mix of it, you yeah, know, that's awesome. Yeah. And I just, I like, I distinctly, I remember where we, uh, it's Bolden at this point, but I remember where we did the interview. You know, I remember the shot that we set up for it. I remember the people standing in the background, like his probably girlfriend at the time standing in the background. And like, I just remember these things and it was just, it was a really cool moment for me. Um, and it was kind of, I think it was Chizik's first win is what I read. Oh, let me think. I remember being, I, I'd have to look back and that makes sense. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> um, I was reading about it and, uh, 
you remember DJK? Yep. He's probably on Twitter somewhere and he's going <laughs> to listen to this and slide into my DMs with a middle finger. Uh, but he, he definitely gave us a scare on the final kickoff, and I remember that. Uh, and he brought it back to the 26 before he was dragged down and time ran out. But good old DJK. I wonder what he's doing these days. I'm not sure we want to know the answer to that. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. All right, out. you go ahead and figure that out, and you decide if it needs to be broadcasted or not. I'll report back. So this means that we have at least two years of the hot tub on RVTV, and we need to look back and investigate that, too. I know. Because I know, I remember vividly seeing Sullivan shooting three, or shooting baskets from a, a hot tub. Hmm. I did, you can't, I can't make that up. No. I've seen that before. Yeah, and that, that would have been much after his Unless time. he was doing it as an AIM celebrity. I don't. I don't know. We're going to look into it, everybody. Don't worry. We'll it's have any possible. I mean, if we could find a picture and if I'm also in that hot tub with him <laughs> salivating, <laughs> then we'll have our answer. Possibly. It's fine. It's fine. Yep. All right. Do you want to talk heartbreak? Mm, yeah. Okay. All three of mine involve the lovely George Niang. Oh. Yeah. So mine are not football related. I thought we were going to say one, two, three Chiswick coin. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> That is so good. I'm actually really sad I didn't think about that. Well, Well, go ahead with your Niang stuff. All right. Well, I just want George to know, since he's obviously listening, he's a huge fan, (laughs) that he's broken my heart more than any man ever has, and I still love him. Love him. Yeah. So, obviously, I mean, you can guess what these are. The UAB Frosted Tips game in 2015. The same kind of similar story in uh, 2014 when George broke his foot against yep, NC Central. Yep, I have Central. that one. It's just both of those seasons are seasons where I'm always going to say, what if? Yeah. And it just sucks that we're, we're, we'll never know the answer. But I think, um, especially with 2014, the team was playing well. I think that was a year we had a legitimate chance at the Final Four. We go and we play a solid game against UConn, the eventual national championships, uh, national champions without arguably our best player. Yeah. So, and I think Fred Hoiberg has even alluded to the fact that he thinks we could have won it all that year. That's so that, wild. that one just really, really sucks. Yeah. And the last one is the uh, loss against Ohio State in the NCAA tournament in 2013, the Aaron Kraft game. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I have a few movies that I like to watch when I need a good cry. And one of those is Stepmom. And I may or may not have thrown on Stepmom immediately after that game ended. And did I cry my eyes out? Yes, oh, I did. Steph. I was an adult. I was not even, I think I was in law school. I, yeah, I was in law school. No, I graduated from law school at the time. And here I am sitting on my couch with my husband just bawling my eyes out over a damn basketball game. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, those just, all three of those just really get me. And I think I went the embarrassing route with my negative memories because I've just blocked out the things that really hurt my heart. <laughs> That's probably good for you. True. So you have the Chiswick coin. Yeah, I have the Chiswick coin. Give me a damn break. Yeah, that was not our greatest moment. I feel like it was the end of the whole like 50 state quarters. You know what I mean? And I remember somebody, that. Yeah, somebody at Iowa State was just like, hey, they did it with quarters. Let's do it with our coach. I don't know. That was a horrible idea. I don't remember great. anyone who had one or wanted one. Well, I'm going to find you one for Christmas now. The commemorative, commemorative Jean Chizik coin. Please do. I'm all over it. Oh, my gosh. The second one was uh, good old Larry Eustachy and partying with the oh, co-eds. Yep. Yeah. Another yeah. unfortunate moment. Right. And I just, like, I've heard in interviews specifically with Jake Sullivan, because I've listened to them all, this is going to get awkward because I feel like Jared knows <laughs> Jake Sullivan, and this is definitely going to get back to him. 
<laughs> Jared wouldn't do that to you. Yes, he would. <laughs> Jared's on his phone right now. So this is maybe okay for you. I don't trust him. I'm trying to figure out what DJ is doing. Oh, he's oh. trying to figure out what DJ is Everybody, doing. hang on. We okay. may have an update about DJ K. All right. So here are my other kicks, the ovaries. So Larry Stacey, I mean, he was partying, and then they said, oh, no, you know, he just takes pictures with fans. Yeah, no. Then there were, like, kissing pictures and stuff. Like, no, if you're the coach of Iowa State, or any major, well, no, not even major, any, just no, any school. Yeah. You're not, at that point, you're not a great coach. You're not that important. You're not that famous, except for in Ames. It's a trap. Absolutely. It's no better. Yeah. You're dumb. So here are the, <laughs> the other kicks to the ovaries. Kale Sanderson leaving for Penn State. Yes. Why? Why is right. Rude. Um, Harrison Barnes not going to Iowa State. Oh, so a great story about this. Oh. I, I think Ben and I were in our first year of law school, and he wore an Iowa State tie, and we were watching, um, I don't know if the, it was his actual selection or a replay of it in the break room, and the poor guy just got his heart broken watching it. And oh. we weren't, I don't even think we were dating at the time, but we knew we shared the, the love for Iowa yeah. State. And I just watched this man get his heart broken. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Mm. Um, then when Fred went to Nebraska just this last Fred summer. Fred who? Fred who? Right. Who are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Mark Mangino. Yes. That was, I just think, a Hail Mary to see can we happened to get one last ounce of talent out of this man didn't work out weird super weird weird dude weird situation just all together weird right and then my final one is the so my dad was a cop in Ames and he tells a story about um Jared Holman very large individual hiding from the police under under slash behind a VW Beetle. The small <laughs> the smallest car known to man. Nailed it with that choice. <laughs> like what? Not great. That's weird. Right, that is weird. And the story may have, you know, changed hands a little bit, but I'm pretty certain that that's just verbatim what happened. That Jared Holman was trying to hide from the cops behind a VW Beetle. Couldn't find anything else apparently. No. no. Yeah. So, so I guess the consolation prize here is that Saturday is not the worst we've ever seen. <laughs> right. And all things considered, I think we're in a much better position now than we are, than we were even, I don't know, five years ago. Yes. And I think that really the only way that we could really get a hard kick to the ovaries is if Matt Campbell leaves. Yeah. Which I no, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to put it out there in the universe. I, I am. I believe that Matt Campbell is telling the truth. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Thank you for saying that. Yep, that's that's the end of that statement. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. But I, you used a word trajectory earlier. Did and I? I? Yes, you did. Damn, well that's done. A long I know. But I do think we are on the upward trajectory. Yeah. I don't know if you saw. I know you were busy today at work. But if you were on Twitter at all, you probably saw Jamie Pollard's announcement for. Yeah. Okay. So let's just talk about that for a second. That's because amazing. This really put that put everything we were talked about tonight into perspective. Yeah. The goods and the bads. I think are maybe potentially nowhere near where we're going to be in ten years, which is yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. He called it the uh, 
the power and light district of Ames, Iowa. Those yeah. were his words. And basically it's a redevelopment of the area between Hilton and Jack Trice. And he's going to add more. Well, the, the plan, at least at this point, is to add some more paved parking east of university with a pedestrian bridge that connects that parking to Jack Trice, which looked fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, add a convention center, possible hotel, lots of entertainment, you know, bars, restaurants, retail. It just looked amazing. If you haven't seen the renderings yet, I really encourage you get out there and look at them because no matter how well I describe it, it won't do it justice. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, honestly, I will just say the one little thing that kind of stuck out to me, and I don't even know if they meant to do this, but the hotel that they you know, planned out to put next to Hilton kind of reminds me of the towers that they knocked down. Hey, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Just a little... A little salute yeah, to the old man. Yeah. And I'll say a couple things about that. I mean, what? how lucky are we to have someone like Jamie Pollard, who's a, you know, a visionary in this sense and yeah. trying to do something that I don't think anybody had on their radar. Yeah. And the second part of it is, from what I read, um, it looks like the oversight was transferred from University President Winterstein to Jamie Pollard. And shout out to her for having the recognition that, you know, Jamie Pollard might be the right guy for the job. Yeah. And he clearly has a vision, has experience in rebuilding and rebranding and expanding. And I just think that's a really good example of our leadership working together in a positive way. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. You go, girl. You go, girl. Yep. <laughs> I have a couple of other random uh, kudos to oh. end the episode. Are any of them to me? All of them. How do you know? <laughs> That's why I called you beautiful and talented. Go ahead. Okay, so one of them is a, one of our women's soccer players. She, a freshman, freshman uh, Myra Emma, was the Big 12 Freshman of the Week. She you go, girl. scored two game-winning goals over their last three matches, so shout out to her. Nice. And according to the Iowa State release, that's our first Big 12 weekly honor since 2016. Oh, so wow. that's really good to see. Yeah. Um, also, I don't, do you follow women's bas- the second women's basketball team on Twitter? Not as close as I should. So they, po- I, th- I don't know if it was last night or two nights ago, but they released some photos, individual photos of the players by class. And they were cool because they didn't, they weren't just in their uniforms in the gym. They were in street clothes on campus. And it was just a really good reminder that these athletes are also people. Yeah. And I think it's easy to forget that as a fan, you know, we see them in one capacity and no other. Yes. And so I just thought it was a unique way to highlight their players. And I just encourage everybody to check that out too. I love that. Yeah. It was really cool. And I think that's also a good reminder too, for, you know, that last play of the game of the football game, we can say, you know, and get mad at certain people. Right. But there at the end of the day, they're 18 to 22 year old men who yeah. are just out there trying to do something that they love, trying to make us proud, trying to make their families proud, trying to make a name for the university. And for that, we should be thankful yes. and, and we should allow for screw ups every once in a while because heck we screw up every once in a while. And it I, just isn't on national TV. I kept thinking about how that play is memorialized in a gift for the rest of eternity right. and how horrible that would be. And so that's a great point just to remember that they're humans too. Right. Yeah, definitely. And my last shout out is to our man, Chuck Bruce for scoring his first NFL touchdown. <laughs> David, since I know you're listening like George, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for giving my four year old a reason to care about the NFL. Oh my gosh. She completely appreciates Iowa state football. I think because it's an Ames and it makes sense to her, but she can't quite figure out why we'd care about a team in Chicago, but he's that person. When he scored, he, so he scores, he reaches his arm over, scores, and I was a little bit like, whoa, hold on to that ball. So he reaches his arm over and scores, and then he stands up and he's just 
asking everybody, was that a touchdown? Right. Was that a touchdown? Did they call that a touchdown? Did they, did, they, did they call it a touchdown? And I was just like, you are like so cute. He's fabulous. I love him. I loved it. That was amazing. I was, I was watching that all alone and I was very excited. I was super proud of him. And during that game, uh, Corey, my four-year-old recognized her first first down. I mean, she actually truly recognized. She said, mommy, that's a first down. Nice. And I nearly melted with pride. Oh so my gosh. yeah, there's a lot of exciting things going on, um, you know, with Iowa State Athletics and former Cyclones that I hope are inspiring a whole new generation of Cyclone fans. I love it. Yep. And I am cooking a Cyclone fan. That's in, right. In the oven. Absolutely. Like that, ooh, <laughs> that sounded. Uh, the phrasing was bizarre, but I knew it. <laughs> let's edit that out. <laughs> wow. Um, um, yeah, well, you're you're creating an <laughs> Iowa State fan. Is that fair? Yes. Okay, there. <laughs> there you go. Do you want to talk about the plan we have for next episode before we sign off? What's our plan? Well, we originally talked about doing an episode about mansplaining in sports. Oh. Because I think we could get some pretty solid responses on Twitter yes. if we put it out there. Yes. Ladies, slide into our DMs, tag us, hashtag Title Nine Pod at both of us you know this where time to we want us. you to add us yes <laughs> at us please let us know the time when you said that you were a sports fan and a man made you prove it or made you feel stupid right. for saying it right let us know the time that you were at a bar and a guy leaned over to explain a two-point conversion without you asking right Right. I started thinking about this and I have this fantastic list already built up in my mind. So I'm excited. For it could be it. a good one. I'm yeah. excited for it. Yeah, it'll be. I think it'll be a good one. And maybe one where you need to drink an alcohol, non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Take the a, edge off. A du- oh, duels. <laughs> yes. Things are going to get wild and crazy <laughs> in the studio now. <laughs> All right. Anything else before we sign off and move on to Louisiana Monroe oh, this weekend? Yeah, nothing else. I okay. don't, I, I'm actually going to New York this weekend. So okay. hopefully I can find a spot to watch the game. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. All right. Well, as always, go Cyclones. Thanks for listening. Go State.